Welcome to this episode of On The Move, a podcast about missions, international ministry, and how God is changing lives around the world. I'm your host, Leanne White, and today I'm joined by Lindsay Barber. Lindsay, it's so good to talk to you today. Oh, it's so good to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm so excited about this conversation. So, Lindsay, I've known you for a few years. Um, can you just talk about where you're living now, how you've kind of grown up? What's like, what's your story to this point in time and just where you're located and what God's been doing in your life so far? Yeah, I mean, that can definitely be a very long story, but <laughs> I grew up in Hawaii for 12 years um, on Oahu, and then I moved here when I was about 11 years old um, in Park City, Utah. That's where I am right now. And that's where we met was in Park City. Yes, yeah. yes at Mountain Life Church. And then I just graduated from the University of Utah in um, emergency medical services, and yeah, I mean, there's a lot that I could say about God getting me here. Would you like me to go in like a little bit of my testimony in that aspect? Yeah, that would be great. Share what God has done. So I know that on January 3rd, you are heading to New Zealand to serve with YWAM. So can you tell us why you're doing that, why you're going to YWAM? And then maybe we'll even go backwards and figure out what God has done to even get you to this point. But what's the what's the behind the scenes story about why you're headed to New Zealand on January 3? Ultimately, I felt like that's where God was calling me. And I just feel like he's really given me a fire for his gospel. And I've seen the ways that he's changed my life and what the gospel and he can do with me. And I just want others to experience that too. And he just calls us in Matthew 28 to go out and preach the gospel and disciple others and everything. But yeah, I mean, I guess going back, I did grow up in a Christian household, but I feel like my faith wasn't really my own until probably my senior year of high school or so. I um, went to church and everything, but I just feel like I didn't fully understand what being a Christian and a follower of Jesus really was. And in high school, like some rebellious high schoolers do, I definitely <laughs> went my own way and strayed away a bit. I got into some bad things and partying. Yeah, I honestly got into a really dark place where I was just really depressed and I got to a point where I didn't want to live anymore and I was thinking about taking my own life. And I actually heard God speak to me when I was um, making a plan to do it of him saying, no, Lindsay, I have a purpose for your life and I love you. Don't do this. And from then on, I was kind of like, wow, like I, I actually really do feel that God is real and I want to follow him, but I don't fully know how. So that was actually right before we went on. I don't know if you heard about the challenge conference in Kansas City that we went on with the youth group. We went to that conference and there I told God that I would never consider taking my own life again and that I did want to follow him. So from then on, I did start reading my Bible more. I started spending more time with him. In my freshman year of college, I got back more into partying and things and was like, oh, yeah, I'm free now. But, um, <laughs> you know, not just not actually free, still bonded by sin. So many things happened that year. It was like right after covid because we graduated in 2020. So my grandma passed away that year. My dog passed away. It was kind of a really depressing time just because, you know, we um, weren't going to school and there's so many unexpected things happening. And I was doing like all my classes online. And there is these people from YWAM actually who came to my college to do an event called Carry the Love there with circuit riders. For those who don't know what YWAM is, it stands for Youth with a Mission, and it's the largest non-denominational Christian missions organization in the world. 
So Circuit Riders is based in Huntington Beach, California, and their focus is college students and um, training young people specifically. So they came to do an event and um, I had just never seen young people on fire for Jesus like that before. I was just like, wow, like their testimonies are so cool. And like um, a lot of one of them actually had a similar testimony to mine where she was um, partying and things and used to be really depressed. And I was like, wow, like I want to I want to be able to have that, too. Like I want what she has. And they ended up praying over me. I was telling them what was going on. I just completely broke down and I was like, I don't know what's wrong with me. Like, I don't know why I can't get past this wall with God because I'm trying to follow him, but I just feel like there's a wall there. Um, And then they prayed over me and they're like, you should come to this two week training school that we have in the summer. And I I said, oh, that's cool, but I don't think that's for me. It sounds expensive. Like, no, that's okay. Um, (laughs) That summer, I I did go to a camp with the uh, Christian uh, ministry that I was with. It's uh, a campus ministry called InterVarsity. And we went to a chapter camp in Montana. And there I was, I really was like, okay, there's definitely a wall between me and God. I want to search for him. So I just felt like I was looking for something the whole time. And all my friends were having breakthroughs with God. And I was like, why am I not having a huge breakthrough? And I just felt like kind of stuck. And then I feel like slowly after that, just through spending time with God every day, he just started softening my heart to him and opening it up. Mm. And then it was after that, a couple months after it was in the middle of the summer and I was just sitting in my bed and I just had this sudden realization of like, wow, I have to go to this camp that the circuit riders were talking about. It's called 21 Project. And I was like, I have to go to this. And I don't know how. So I looked it up and I was like, whoa, I found it. I looked at my calendar and it was the only two weeks in my entire summer that uh, I didn't have anything on the calendar. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to go and do this. It was $2,000 to go. God provided all the money. It just basically, I just asked a few people and it came out of nowhere. And I went to this camp just alone. Um, And then there, I just, again, I saw so many people, young people on fire for Jesus. And I was like, wow, like I've never seen Christianity like this and young people like me were preaching the gospel and they were sharing their testimony and I saw God perform miracles. I saw um, people like have tumors and the tumors completely disappear and then just get completely healed. And then I was like, okay, I'm giving my whole life to Jesus. No turning back. I'm repenting from all my sin. Hmm. So I went back to college. I started living for Jesus fully and I just saw a huge transformation. I also feel like at that camp, I learned what it was looking looked like to be in love with God instead of just seeing him as this big guy watching over us in the sky, but like seeing him as also my lover and my friend and my father and my savior. Yeah. And then I did end up going to the six month school with circuit riders as well. Yeah. So I want to ask you specifically about that. But before we get to that, the six month circuit rider, I just want to go back a minute and talk about the initial part of your story in high school. Some of the initial catalyst for you of getting more serious about your faith, even though, I mean, none of us are a complete and total picture, right? We're not, we're not fully sanctified yet. So we're all a work in progress, but you mentioned going to a challenge conference in high school. And I resonate with that being a, an awesome, important thing because uh, both my children, our children, went to challenge at various times in their high school experience. And I know it was super impactful for both of them for different reasons and in different ways. But I just want to talk a little bit, if you think back on that summer and where you were when you when you got there and kind of some of the things that you started 
seeing about God. I know that you understand him better now where you're at today, but what were some of the first steps that God took you through with that initial experience and that first kind of initial, like, Hey, get serious about your faith, even though you're not, you're not all there, but you know, get a little more serious about your faith. What were some of the things that he was doing at that point in time? Totally. I feel like, well, as growing up as Christian, you hear a lot of um, things from the Bible and a lot of things God says about us all the time, like Jesus died on the cross for you and God loves you so much more than you can ever imagine. And I honestly think that like throughout growing up, I never fully knew what that meant. And I think I just kind of went in one ear and out the other. And I was like, yeah, everyone says that. But I think at that time point, I started having like revelations and realizations of what that actually means of like, wow, like God isn't angry at me. Like he actually wants me to follow him and he's actually been chasing me this whole time. And he loves me more than any, like anyone else ever could. Um, and I also, at that time I was having issues with putting my identity into men and caring a lot about what they think about me and what, about what other people think about me and just trying to get fulfillment in other places. So just, yeah, like really understanding, well, obviously we can't grasp the fullness of how much God really does love us, but actually understanding like, wow, that's not just like a saying or like Jesus dying on the cross for you. Like it shouldn't be taken lightly. Like it's actually a huge thing. And that's, you know, what we're centered around too. So I think that was just um, something that he was really doing in my heart. And I think also I started to realize like, wow, like like this God is really worthy of my worship. And I I just want to give him what I have, even though I feel like right now I don't have much. And I think specifically what I remember is just in the worship sessions at Challenge, I felt like I actually felt like the want to worship and it wasn't something that I was supposed to do or had to do. And I did feel like I felt like the presence of God there. And I also think in that time frame, I wasn't being vulnerable with anybody about my feelings and about what was going on. Maybe a couple friends who weren't Christian, but I also feel like during that time I was able to be vulnerable with more people and they were praying for me. And um, yeah, that's just like what I remember most about that conference, honestly. I love the the part that you just said that the Christian community that started to be a part of your life, maybe coming out of that. And because that's, those are some of my memories of some of the, the ways that challenge was helpful to my, my own children, seeing their connection with other believers grow coming out of that time. And sometimes we need those kind of almost mountaintop experiences because it's, I think, especially when you're in high school, it's been a long time since I was in high school. But when I was, I do recall that that it's just hard. It's just really hard to stand up and live for Jesus day in, day out in a high school and college setting. And sometimes those extra kind of pull you out, go away, do a trip kind of experiences are so helpful to just further ground you in your faith and understanding of God. And just a desire, like you said, to to give Him your all, that you had a desire to, to worship, to give Him worship and give Him everything that you had, whatever that was at that point in time. So I just love that so much. So now we're going to kind of fast forward a little bit in the story that you've shared to, to your time of meeting the people in the circuit rider ministry in college. And so now, if you can think back to what did God then 
also additionally show and reveal to you in that time? You talked a little bit about it, but as you think about your interaction with those people, what that Christian community did for you, what that, maybe those two weeks that you were away with them, um, that they were maybe at the time that they were at your school and then the time that you were, you know, the two weeks you did, what comes to mind right away as highlights of what God was doing? A huge thing that just comes to mind when I was actually at the school, they did this thing called original design where they had some of the staff pray over you and just do listening prayers for who God originally created us to be. And like, not necessarily your calling, but just things that he put in us before sin entered the world. And I know sometimes those things can be controversial and like, you know, you pray about it for yourself and everything. And I think like one thing that they just really spoke over me was joy. And just they brought up the idea that like God created me to be joyful and like the enemy, like Satan hates that. So he like attacked me with so much depression and wanted to counteract that. And I think I just, I opened up about a lot of things that were bothering me. And I really felt like they helped point me to what was the issue there. Like, I think I couldn't name that I was putting my identity into men and trying to find fulfillment in that, but I would explain how I feel and like what's going on. And then they'd be like, you know, I've dealt with this too. And where you're actually putting your identity into these things and letting your satisfaction come from that when that can't satisfy you. Um, and this one specific girl who's my friend now and we keep in contact every once in a while. She just told me about how she is now and everything. She said, I just fell in love with Jesus. And I just like Mm -hmm. started, yeah, just like asking him to like help me to fall in love with him more and let him be my full satisfaction. She's like, just ask if you can't like put your, if you feel like you're putting your satisfaction in other things, like just ask God to help you like put it in him and just reveal those things to you. Um, so that was definitely something that was really impactful that I still like live out day to day today. I love that because while we know that our faith isn't feelings, right? Our faith is so much more than just a feeling. How we feel and and how how we feel about God, how we think about Him, how we have a desire to be with Him is is so important in our own personal spiritual growth and our own walk with the Lord, which has to be in a good place before we can serve him, right? So there's there's definitely a need to, to have that passion for Christ and a desire to have a close relationship with him before really anything else can happen in your life. So I just love that God was taking you steps along the way to get you um, to where you're at now and and where you're in a in a place where you are ready to launch into full-time service for him. So let's kind of move the story along a little bit more. And you did a a gap experience with uh, the circuit riders then. So you did two weeks with them, yes, for a summer. And then you also did a longer experience with them. So can you talk to us about what that was, what that specifically was, and then what that was like, how God used that for you? Yeah. So this is kind of a crazy story, but, um, so at the two week school afterwards, they mentioned that they had this discipleship training school was, which it was like a six month long experience. And, um, a lot of, uh, people were like, I feel called to do this. Like I'm going to drop out of college and go do this. And I was like, honestly, like, I really want to do that, but I just don't feel called like to do it right now this semester. I don't think that's what God's calling me to do. And I was kind of sad about that. I was like, Oh God, I kind of wish you were calling me to do that. And while I was at this school, I was also in the process of deciding what branch of the military to go into for ROTC. 
um, because that was something that I wanted to do. So I went back to school. I joined Army ROTC. I actually... I could not decide between the Army or the Air Force. I prayed about it. I fasted about it. I was like, God, why don't you just give me an answer? And now I see it just, it's because it didn't matter at that time. But (laughs) anyways, so I went back to school. I was actually on a full ride scholarship and yeah, just everything was going good. But then I ended up in the hospital with some breathing issues. I was, at the time I was doing ROTC training every day, dance every day, jujitsu, kickboxing, and going to the gym like five days a week. So I was just doing a lot and there was like fires and I like I have asthma and then um, there was fires and that like the smoke and that didn't help at all. And then um, I just like had this thing where I was on campus and I just like couldn't breathe at all and I didn't know what was going on and um, my brother ended up taking me to the hospital and the doctor there was like oh you're just having an anxiety attack and um, I don't usually get those so I was like I don't think that's what it is it feels something wrong so I went to my allergist doctor and he diagnosed me with vocal cord dysfunctions so my vocal cords don't work well all the time and sometimes they close when I breathe instead of only closing when I talk so that was like just a weird thing. And then I also had asthma and then um, I was I was going to training still, but I just I, my body wasn't allowing me to do ROTC anymore. So I ended up dropping out of ROTC and then I actually got a job on Gold Cross Ambulance as an EMT. And I was like, got the job. I was about to take the drug test. And I was like, okay, God, like, if you don't want me to have this job, like I give it to you. Just like, if I fail the drug test, don't let it be because there's something actually in my system or because something weird happens, like let it be still, you know, pure because I haven't done anything or anything. Um, And I went to take the drug test and actually did fail it because my pee was diluted Um, and there was no drugs in my system or anything, but they just said, oh, that's it. Like, because of that, we can't hire you. And if we did it for you, we'd have to do it for everyone else. So like, that's just it. So I was just like, okay, that's weird. Like there's just nothing keeping me here. So I was like, Ooh, like I should study abroad. So I called the scholarship office and I asked, Oh, does my scholarship cover study abroad? And they said, Oh, you're actually not on that scholarship anymore. And I started freaking out. I was like, what? Like, I I don't understand. Um, And because my grandma just recently passed away, my mom got some of her inheritance and that affected the government FAFSA, which then affected my scholarship which I just didn't know about. So I wasn't on the scholarship anymore. And I think I was, it, all of this happened within like two days. And then I was just like, what's going on? Like, I don't know what's happening. Um, and then this one girl randomly messages me on Instagram. I don't even know her. She's like a friend of a friend. And she actually brings up the passage. She, she was just like, hey, this is really random, but I feel like God just wanted me to share this verse with you. It's been really hitting me. And it was actually the passage in Joel um, after the plagues. And God said that I'm bringing you green pastures and you will be satisfied fully. And I just like, I really felt like God was saying that to me, that um, he's bringing good things and that he is going to satisfy me fully. And just, I had so much peace over the whole situation all of a sudden. I was just like, wow, like I'm not even worried. Like I felt like he gave me the strength to fully trust in him. And then the next day, somebody from Circuit Riders, um, their woman's movement, they have a branch that's like a woman's movement called Brave Love. She calls me and she just randomly, she started talking about going on tour in Salt Lake City. And I started telling her everything that was happening. And she was like, wow, like, this is so crazy. I feel like you should pray about coming to our six month school. You could go in January. And um, I was just like, okay, yeah, like that sounds good. So I started praying about it. I was like, I really feel like this is what I'm supposed to do. And then 
I just started fundraising. I applied, I got in, God funded all the money. And then I just went. (laughs) Um, And so that was after the fall, I finished the fall semester. And then I went to the school in January and I'll go in that a little in a little bit. But just the thing about the scholarship, it was crazy because when I came back, I actually got the scholarship back and I just didn't have it for that one semester. So God was just so faithful in that way. That is an awesome God story. So calendar wise, what year, what we're talking January, 2020. Yeah. Yeah. So that's when I was going and then it was fall, um, 2021 when all of this stuff was happening. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So we get to January of 2022 and you do us, you, you go with circle riders. So where did you go? And what was that? What was that discipleship experience like? Yeah. So the first three months, um, I was in Huntington beach, California and in discipleship training schools, usually the layout is the first three months you're focused on training and discipleship. And then the next two to three months you go on an outreach. So I first got there. Everything felt so surreal. I was just like, I can't believe I just like, I I didn't even know if I was going to go back to college after that. I was just like, I just left college and moved to California and I don't even know what's going to happen. And it just really felt like an adventure with the Lord. And it was really exciting. I was definitely, I, I felt like I shrinked back a bit. I started being like kind of shy for the first couple of days. And I was like, I just can't believe I did this anyways. So, and then I actually, like we were just about to start the first day of training and then I started feeling sick. And then I, cause I moved into this one house with 14 other girls and I was sharing a room with one other girl when we were sharing a bed and I just met her. And then I was like, oh, I'm feeling sick. And she's like, you should do this COVID test. And like, and it was the take home one. And I was like, okay, I don't think I have COVID. And then I tested positive for COVID and the training was just about to start. And it was just like, oh no. So, um, yeah. So I had a quarantine by myself in the room for five days, which honestly, I, I think was also a God thing because I don't think that like, I just don't feel like I was fully ready. Like, I feel like I needed that time to just process with God and really just be prepared for that. Cause I just honestly didn't take the time that I should have to really prepare myself and ask God to prepare my heart for the things that he wanted to do. And I also had just gotten my wisdom teeth out, like, a, like not even a week before I left. So I was talking oh, so much because I was meeting new people and my mouth was just getting so swollen. And then I got this pistachio stuck in my socket and I was really freaking out about it. And I was like, what if I'm getting an infection and I'm not even at home? Um, Anyway, so then during that five days, like while I had COVID, that also healed more and it wasn't hurting as much. So that was also just really nice. And then I was able to jump in. Um, And yeah, the training was super awesome. We had a house mom. So we had three staff living with us in the one girl's house and they were discipling us. We had like worship every single morning for like these circuit riders, they all go on for like two and a half hours of just prayer and worship. And then we had a lecture time. Um, And then in the afternoon, some afternoons, we would go to our tracks I chose the Brave Love track, which is the one for like woman ministry and that we would do in the afternoons. And then some other afternoons we would go to evangelize or do OC rescue mission and serve there. And they just brought in a bunch of super cool people to speak to us. We just learned about all kinds of things. I have so many voice memos on my phones of just like lectures that we've had that were just so impactful. And there's probably a million different things that I could talk about. You would just mention that you 
had some great people that spoke into your life, some great messages that you heard. As you think about the first few months that you were doing the circuit riders from January until you started doing the outreach, that first initial discipleship time, if you stop and just think about that time, what would be a thing that you would say you could highlight that God was teaching or showing you during that time that maybe was an expansion of something he'd already been showing you, or maybe he was showing you something new? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely a lot, but I think specifically um, just learning about how to have intimacy with him and um, just giving him my whole life. And uh, Circuit Riders is really good about just bringing up um, what counting the cost looks like. So like, are you willing to give up your reputation and like everything in your life and your whole life for Jesus? Because like we are called to pick up our crosses and like we want to be willing to give up whatever he asks us to. So count the cost now of what that looks like and like see if you are willing because like there is a cost to following Jesus. And I think that's one thing that I really, I really did. I thought about everything in my life and there were a lot of things that I prayed through that I was like, I really don't want to give this up, but God, I'm willing to give it to you and anything in my life you can have. Um, and just like that full surrender. Um, and also just really like I was praying the prayer every single day, like God, just like accelerate my growth in this time, just that I would um, grow so much in him and like that he would just teach me how to have intimacy with him and how to have a relationship with him. And, um, he definitely, like, I think in that time, I definitely saw too how powerful prayer is as well, but I was just spending time with him every day. And I would just like, I would have urges to just go away with him and spend alone time with him, which I never had that before where I was actually excited to be with him and spend time with him. And I also, I I've made so super close friends, um, that like I talked to today so much. Um, and yeah, had a lot of vulnerability in that, but also just like, a, a lot of things that they did too is just talking about freedom and what that looks like and how it's actually like we think that we have complete freedom when we can do whatever we want and like sin and do whatever, but it's actually like freedom in Jesus because ultimately the best thing is to just be with him. And they would go back and like, look at like, okay, like, was there like childhood trauma or things that affected you in the past that changes the way that you think or see God now? And I think one thing is like, I had a harder time seeing God um, as my father because my father wasn't really the spiritual head of our family um, and it doesn't really know God. So I was like, oh, but God can't be my father because that's what my father looked like. But just seeing how those things affected the way that I view God and how there was actually a lot of misinterpretations about what I saw God as and like how I saw him. I love that they, that they do that for you because we're so complex, right? And we're, we're not, I mean, there's so many, so many elements to our, to our understanding even of who God is that does go back sometimes to, to things in childhood and to, misconceptions maybe that we even have have had for a long time about God. So you've you do this initial discipleship time with circuit riders in starting in January of 2022 and then at some point in time the focus of that time shifts and it shifts to an outreach. So talk to us about what happened then where you went, what you did, what God did, 
Yeah. So at the time when we were first in the training phase, we had like this school had no idea where we were going for outreach. Like they don't tell you until just a month or like a couple of weeks before you go because they're trying to still figure it out. Um, so the first month of outreach, we actually went to Mexico and this is the first time that circuit riders has ever been there on outreach. And usually they have small teams in the fall that go to different college campuses, but we were in the spring. So most, most colleges were um, on break and things and not in school. So they were kind of creating our new outreach for us. All 40 of us, which was how big our school was, went to Mexico. And there we, I mean, we did so much. We went to Tijuana and Ensenada um, for most of the time. And um, we went to, well, we did evangelism. We did events. We went to prostitute districts and prayed for prostitutes and prayer rooms and um, a lot of refugee camps and like fed the homeless and elderly homes and orphanages. Um, I guess a couple things that were really impactful. I mean, all of those experiences were super impactful, but we actually got to go to a refugee camp, um, a Ukrainian refugee camp, because that was at the time during the war. So we were able just to love on them. And I actually had this two hour conversation with this teenage girl from Ukraine all over Google Translate because she didn't speak like any English and I definitely don't speak Ukrainian. <laughs> um, but yeah, and I, I got to pray for healing for her liver problems. And she was just scared about going to a school in the U.S. because she was, that was just where they were for now. And then they're trying to get into the U.S. And she was just scared about her whole life. And a lot of her friends, families, like um, she just had to leave everything. And it was just really awesome to talk to her about it. And she said that was really impactful for her. Um, and there is, there is one story I can share too. That's like probably one of the most impactful stories backstory we all had different teams of like about 10 and we had van leaders that would drive our van around um because we were driving in these big white vans and we would go to different outreaches sometimes and sometimes we would go to all the same place and our van leader um was just always uh volunteering our van to go to the most dangerous places and the most like sketchy places. Cause you know, he was just like, yeah, like this is going to be great. Um, which honestly I was <laughs> on board with too. So we were driving to this place. We, none of us even knew like where we were really going. We were in Tijuana and we were just driving. And all we knew is that the guy who was telling us where to go said that there was like this expert maneuver in order to get into the place that we had to go. And like, hopefully our van driver is going to be fine. Um, anyways, throughout this drive, our van door broke so we couldn't like it was just swinging open the guys in our van was like holding it closed with their feet and it was just it was just really crazy um we we did know that we were gonna feed um the homeless so we brought sandwiches and waters and things and um it was about it just had gotten dark um and we were turning into this place that again we like didn't really know and we had a cross like seven lanes of oncoming like really fast traffic and then do like a u-turn to go into this turn it was super sketchy we ended up making it and we were going to the sewers in Tijuana um, which is actually a place where they do a lot of the cartel does a lot of drug deals um, they throw dead bodies like there's dead bodies there sometimes and we like are in this place and there's like a, just tons of homeless people that just like live in these canals um, so we were just driving around and passing out food. And the reason why this was like so impactful, I mean, okay, I guess another backstory is that like the police pulled us over and they were like, what are you doing in the most dangerous parts of Tijuana? 
And our van leader is like fluent in Spanish. So he was talking to him and we were just like, what's going on? This is just so crazy. And we started passing out food to the homeless and we were praying for people. And um, it was honestly just, I don't know, we, it was just like, I was like, wow, like this is what living looks like to fully just be with God and serve his people. And I guess it is kind of hard to explain about why that was so impactful, but Um, it was just like, we had so many cool encounters. There was this one guy who was actually from California who came to Mexico and he was homeless and he was just so excited because he hasn't been able to speak his home language in like over 20 years. And he was excited to speak English. And we had a lot of people on our team who did were fluent in Spanish and couldn't also translate for other people. And um, we got to pray for healing for someone's back. Um, This guy who has just had back pain for his entire life. And he said that it actually felt better. And um, even though that we were just in the most dangerous parts like of Tijuana and in this place and it was dark and it seemed really sketchy, none of us were scared at all. Um, And we were, there's this other van who goes and does this regularly, who's a ministry in Mexico. And they were saying that one of the kids just said that like he saw a vision of just Jesus with us in the van and just like his hand on us. And because we were all just like, wow, it's so cool. Like we're not even scared. And um, it was actually, there was actually this one guy who we think that he was, he possibly like had a demon in him or something. And um, like my friend was like, Hey, like, can I pray for you? And he was, he was actually like, the guy was like, actually like, no, like I'm scared of you get away from me. And that just, you know, does show the authority of Jesus and how like he was just with us that night. I think it was, I was honestly having one of the most fun I've ever had in my entire life too. Cause we were just like driving down our van doors broke. We would like open and like a couple of us would get out, run and like go pass out sandwiches and the van would like never stop. And then we'd run and then jump back in the van. And yeah, very fun. So I, I'm having a hard time believing this, but we're almost out of time. So to keep to our, our recording time. So I, we kind of need to wrap it up, but um, can you talk to us just for a few minutes about What's next for you? You're heading on January the 3rd to New Zealand for six months. You're going you're gonna to be with YWAM. So talk a little bit about what's led you to that decision and maybe kind of go full circle from, you know, from the, where we started the conversation to um, just to kind of get the full picture of what God is doing in your life right now. Yeah. Yeah. This past year, two years, I knew that I was going to, um, after I came back to school, I knew that I was going to be done with college soon. And I was trying to figure out what God wanted um, me to do afterwards. And, um, with InterVarsity, our campus ministry, we went to this conference called Urbana. It's a conference they do with InterVarsity once every three years. And it's a missions conference. And there, there are so many missions organizations. It was just crazy. Um, and I met so many of them and I was like, all of them. I thought they were just so cool. And there's this one that I actually talked to the girl who will be my overseer at New Zealand. Um, she was like running a booth for YWAM Marine Reach. And I talked to her about it and I was kind of like, oh, that's cool. Um, and she was just like, yeah, we've just been praying for more staff. And I was kind of thinking about it. I was like, oh, okay, but maybe, I don't know. I think there's some other things that I thought were cooler. And then after that, I just felt like that wouldn't, it would just not leave my mind. And I actually felt like I just started getting a broken heart for um, just people in New Zealand and just like, just um, also just God's heart for that ministry. And 
what their goal is and just the young people and like other people that they are going to train and things. And I just like couldn't get it off my mind. And I just started getting really excited about it. And I was like, okay, God, like, I think you're speaking to me about this. So, um, I started just like praying about it more. And I really felt like that's where God was leading me after college. And I had no idea for how long. So I applied and got in and, um, yeah, just in discerning about how long it was, I was kind of like, okay, I've kind of been feeling six months to a year, but God, I'm willing to go however long you want me to go. And eventually, yeah, I just felt like six months for now, because I really do feel a heart for specifically LDS and Mormons here as well. And, um, God opened up a place for me to live when I get back, um, with some friends in Salt Lake. And I think I just have really felt a heart for discipleship and obviously preaching the gospel. But I just know that when I was at circuit riders, there were so many people that, um, and wonderful leaders that spoke into my life and just showed me also how to follow Jesus. And I was just like, I want to be able to do that for others and just pray with others. And God calls us to go and disciple others and things. And I just, I love missions and exploring and just going and doing things that I don't know fully what it's going to look like. And yeah, ultimately, I just felt like that's where God was calling me. That's awesome. So I just have to tell you, Lindsay, I I have loved hearing your story today and how God has has just been so faithful to you. And I think maybe that the most encouraging thing for me, and I suspect it will be encouraging for a lot of our listeners, is the fact that you represent to me, the younger generation of believers in this country, that that God isn't done with the younger generation in the U.S. yet because of just your story alone shows His faithful pursuit of people and His desire to have a close personal relationship with you. And He has that desire for all of us. And, and I'm just, for me personally, I'm just incredibly encouraged to hear a young testimony of seeing God be faithful, see God move, see God direct and see him draw you to himself and give you the desire to serve him and to glorify him with your life. And so I just, I want to say thank you for sharing your story, for being so open and vulnerable with, with me and with all of us today, because I, I do feel very encouraged and blessed um, to have gotten to share a little bit of your story today. And so thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. And yeah, God is so good. And I just am contending that this generation is a Jesus generation and not just what the world says it is. And yeah, we're really praying a lot for just the young people right now too. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's, it's one of those things that um, you talked about the great commission earlier and and, you know, Jesus did command believers to go into all the world. And sometimes all the world begins in your backyard. And so for 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 people, for you to come home and to, you know, in the, at the end of this six months and, you know, maybe to focus on people that are in Utah that need to hear the truth of Jesus. And, and even just as we think about the family and friends that we all personally know that still need to have a personal relationship with Christ. Our going and and doing our part of the Great Commission can just be to be faithful in a relationship with those people and using every opportunity God gives us to share His love and His truth with them. So thank you. Thank you for that reminder today and for, again, just, just the joy of hearing your story and what God has done in your life. 
Thank you for listening to this episode of On The Move by 21C International. 21C International is a Christian nonprofit organization on a mission to encourage, equip, and empower Christian pastors in the global South by providing free, informal biblical and pastoral training. You can visit 21C International to learn more and be sure to subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast platform to hear more about missions, international ministry, and how God is changing lives around the world. 